and intelligently to achieve the ends sought. It took Dewey only a few years to shift from responsible intellectual of World War I to anarchist of the lecture platform, denouncing the unfree press and questioning how far genuine intellectual freedom and social responsibility are possible on any large scale under the existing economic regime. Not everyone towed the line so obediently, of course. Notable figures such as Bertrand Russell, Eugene Debs, Rosa Luxemburg, and Karl Liebknecht were, like Zola, sentenced to prison. Debs was punished with particular severity. A ten-year prison term for raising questions about President Wilson's War for Democracy and Human Rights. Wilson refused him amnesty after the war ended, though President Harding finally relented. Some dissidents, such as Thorstein Veblen, were chastised but treated less harshly. Veblen was fired from his position in the Food Administration after preparing a report showing that the shortage of farm labor could be overcome by ending Wilson's brutal persecution of unions, specifically the industrial workers of the world. Randolph Bourne was dropped by the progressive journals after criticizing the League of Benevolently Imperialistic Nations and their exalted endeavors. The pattern of praise and punishment is a familiar one throughout history. Those who line up in the service of the state are typically praised by the general intellectual community, and those who refuse to line up in service of the state are punished. In later years, the two categories of intellectuals were distinguished more explicitly by prominent scholars. The ridiculous eccentrics are termed value-oriented intellectuals who pose a challenge to democratic government which is, potentially at least, as serious as those posed in the past by aristocratic cliques, fascist movements, and communist parties. Among other misdeeds, these dangerous creatures devote themselves to the derogation of leadership, the challenging of authority, and even confront the institutions responsible for the indoctrination of the young. Some sink so far as to doubt the nobility of war aims, like Bourne. This castigation of the miscreants who defy authority in the established order was delivered by the scholars of the Liberal Internationalist Trilateral Commission. The Carter administration was largely drawn from their ranks. In their 1975 study, The Crisis of Democracy, like the New Republic progressives during the First World War, they extend the concept of intellectual beyond Brunetier to include the technocratic and policy-oriented intellectuals, responsible and serious thinkers who devote themselves to the constructive work of shaping policy within established institutions and to ensuring that indoctrination of the young proceeds on course. What particularly alarmed the trilateral scholars was the excess of democracy during the time of troubles, the 1960s, when normally passive and apathetic parts of the population entered the political arena to advance their concerns. Minorities, women, the young, the old, working people, in short, the population, sometimes called the special interests. They are to be distinguished from those whom Adam Smith called the masters of mankind, 
who are the principal architects of government policy and who pursue their vile maxim, all for ourselves and nothing for other people. The role of the masters in the political arena is not deplored or discussed in the trilateral volume, presumably because the masters represent the national interest, like those who applauded themselves for leading the country to war, after the utmost deliberation by the more thoughtful members of the community had reached its moral verdict. To overcome the excessive burden imposed on the state by the special interests, the trilateralists called for more moderation in democracy, a return to passivity on the part of the less deserving, perhaps even a return to the happy days when Truman had been able to govern the country with the cooperation of a relatively small number of Wall Street lawyers and bankers, and democracy therefore flourished.